Welcome, and thank you for joining the Cass County Health Department HealthCast. Our HealthCast is here to bring discussion and awareness to the services that we offer here at Cass County Health Department, as well as ongoing and current issues in women's health. I am Hillary Kelly, and I am here with Louise Yale. We are both health educators here at the Health Department. And so right with that introduction, why don't we just jump in for our first topic. So the month of June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. So we wanted to discuss this topic because it's a topic that I'm sure a lot of people are not well aware about if you're not directly affected by mm -hmm. Alzheimer's somehow in your life. Yeah. So our first question is basically kind of just detailing what is Alzheimer's disease? Mm -hmm. So um, in 1906, German physician, Dr. Alois, is that what you think? Yeah, I okay. say, yep. yep. Alzheimer's, last name is Alzheimer. Mm -hmm. First described a peculiar disease, one of profound memory loss and microscopic brain changes, a disease that we know now as Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia and is only one type of dementia. So dementia is the loss of cognitive function, so like thinking, remembering, and reasoning to an extent that it interferes with a person's daily life and activities. So then Alzheimer's is a type of dementia. It's a progressive disease beginning with mild memory loss and possibly leading to the loss of the ability to carry on a conversation and respond to your environment. So it involves parts of the brain that control thought, memory, and language, along with seriously affecting a person's ability to carry out daily activities. So Alzheimer's accounts for about 60 to 80% of dementia cases. So then what is known about Alzheimer's disease and the brain? Scientists are still, or still do not fully understand what causes Alzheimer's disease, and they're still doing a lot of research on how it affects the uh, affects the brain. There's likely not a single cause, but rather several factors that can affect each person differently. So understanding a little bit more of the brain may help to better understand what Alzheimer's disease uh, might affect and how it affects individuals. So there are micro microscopic changes in the brain uh, that can be begin long before the first signs of memory loss. So the brain has a hundred billion, 100 billion with a B, nice. <laughs> nerve cells are called neurons. So each nerve cell connects with many others to form this communication network within the brain. These groups of nerve cells have special jobs. Each one has its own little job to do. So some are involved in thinking, learning, and remembering, and others help us see, hear, and smell. So to do their work, these brain cells operate like little tiny factories. They receive supplies, generate energy, construct equipment, and get rid of waste. So cells also process and store information and communicate with other cells. So keeping everything running requires a coordination as well as a large amount of fuel and oxygen. So these scientists believe that Alzheimer's disease prevents parts of the cell's factory from running well. They are not sure where the trouble starts, but like, just like real factory backups and breakups mm -hmm. in one system can cause problems in other areas, yeah. of course. So as damage spreads, these cells lose their ability to do their jobs and eventually die, causing this irre irreversible change in the brain. So there is another aspect that could be part of Alzheimer's disease as well. Two abnormal structures called plaques and tangles are the prime sus suspects in damaging and killing nerve cells. So plaques are, de are deposits of a protein fragment called beta amyloid that build up in the spaces between our brain nerve cells. 
And then tangles are twisted fibers of another protein called tau that build up inside cells. Though autopsy studies show that most people develop some of these plaques and tangles as they age, those with Alzheimer's tend to develop far more and in a more predictable pattern, beginning in areas important for memory before spreading to the other regions of the brain. So scientists do not know exactly what roles plaques and tangles play in Alzheimer's disease, but most experts believe that somehow that they somehow play a critical role in blocking communication among our nerve cells and then disrupting the process of the nerves that need to survive. So in the destruction and death of nerve cells that cause memory failure, personality changes, problems carrying out daily activities, and other symptoms of this Alzheimer's disease. So today, Alzheimer's is at the forefront of a lot of biomedical research, which it should be. You know, we still don't understand it. Researchers are working to uncover many aspects of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias as possible. So some of these most remarkable progress has shed light on how Alzheimer's affects the brain, and the hope is that this better understanding will lead to new treatments. So many potential approaches are currently under investigation worldwide. Okay, so here is what is known about Alzheimer's disease. So age is the best-known risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. Um, We know that family history is a factor as well. So researchers believe that genetics may play a role in developing Alzheimer's disease. So however, genes do not equal destiny. So a healthy lifestyle may help reduce your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And two large long-term studies indicate that adequate physical activity a nutritious diet and limited alcohol consumption and avoiding smoking can help people as mm-hmm. well. Yep, healthy lifestyle for sure. For sure. So we also know that changes in the brain can begin years before uh, the first symptoms appear. Um, researchers are also studying whether education, diet, and environment play a role in the development of Alzheimer's disease. And we know that there is growing scientific evidence that healthy behaviors have been shown to prevent cancer, diabetes, and heart disease, and so they can also reduce the risk for subjective cognitive decline. So who has Alzheimer's disease? So in 2020, as many as 5.8 million Americans were living with Mm. Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Yeah. So younger people can get Alzheimer's disease, but it's far less common. Um, But the number of people living with the disease doubles every five years beyond age 65. Yeah, so age is really that factor there. Yeah, the big one. Yep. Um, The number is projected to nearly triple to 14 million by 2060. Mm -hmm. So symptoms of the disease can first appear after the age of 60, and the risk increases with age. So the burden of Alzheimer's disease in the United States is pretty substantial. So Alzheimer's disease is one of the top 10 leading causes of death in the United States. Um, It is the sixth leading cause of death among U.S. adults and the fifth leading cause of death among adults age 65, 65 years and older. And just like I said before, in 2020, an estimated 5.8 million Americans age 65 or older had Alzheimer's disease. And the number is projected to nearly triple to 14 million by uh, by the year 2060. And I think that's just because the baby boomer era is just getting yeah. older there. Um, in 2010, the cost of treating Alzheimer's, di- Alzheimer's disease was projected to fall between $159, or sorry, 159 and 200, to fall between 159 and 215 
billion. Wow. That was a long one. (laughs) By 2040, these costs are projected to jump to between 379 and more than 500 billion annually. That's a lot to wrap your mind around. I know. And I think, again, it's just because the baby boomer era is just getting older and older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Death rates for uh, Alzheimer's disease are increasing, unlike heart disease and cancer death rates that are decline. Um, so dementia, including Alzheimer's, has been shown to be underreported in death certificates, and therefore the proportion of older people who die from Alzheimer's may be considerably higher. So the biggest risk factors for Alzheimer's disease. Um, the vast majority of people who develop Alzheimer's dementia are 65 or older. Mm-hmm. So this is called late-onset Alzheimer's. And experts believe that Alzheimer's, just like other common chronic diseases, develops as a result of multiple factors rather than just one single cause. Mm-hmm. So exceptions are rare in cases of Alzheimer's related to specific like genetic mutations. Right. So the biggest three risk factors, especially ones that you cannot control, are age, genetics, and family history. Yeah. So <clears throat> the greatest risk factors for the late onset Alzheimer's are older age and genetics, especially the E4 form of the apoprotein E gene. So having a family history of Alzheimer's is essentially what that's Yeah, saying. what that gene is, yeah. So age is the greatest of these factors, the, the risk factors, and the percentage of people with Alzheimer's dementia increases dramatically with that. So mm-hmm. the 5% of people aged 65 to 74, 13.1% of people aged 75 to 84, and 33.3% of people aged 85 or older have Alzheimer's dementia. Okay. So the aging, yeah, it definitely increases. It does a lot. Mm -hmm. And the aging of the baby boomers um, will significantly increase the number of people in the United States with Alzheimer's. But however, it's important to note that Alzheimer's dementia is not a normal part of aging. And older age alone is not sufficient to say that this is what causes Alzheimer's disease. Right. So genetic researchers have found that many genes that increase the risk of Alzheimer's. So in fact, in 2022, researchers identified 31 new genes that appear to affect biological processes known to be at play in Alzheimer's disease. So of the many genes that increase risk, APOE4 has the strongest impact on risk of late onset Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So that's APOE provides the blueprint for a protein that transports cholesterol in the bloodstream and who and those who inherit one copy of this gene have about three times the risk of developing Alzheimer's wow. disease compared to having other forms of that gene. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so the family history of Alzheimer's was not necessary for an individual to develop disease. However, individuals who have or had a parent or a sibling, like a first-degree relative, with Alzheimer's are more likely to develop the disease than those that did not have a first-degree relative with Alzheimer's. So if you have more than one first-degree relative with Alzheimer's, or at even higher risk, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course, yeah. So a large population-based study found that having a parent with dementia increases risk independent of known genetic factors. So when diseases run in families, like, you know, they're hereditary, yeah. it's in your genes, and a shared non-genetic factor, so for example, like access to healthy foods and mm-hmm. habits related to physical activity play a role. Yeah, for sure. So although age, genetics, and family history cannot be changed, there are some risk factors that can be or changed or modified to reduce the risk of cognitive decline in dementia. 
So examples of modifiable, modifiable risk factors are like physical activity, smoking, education, staying socially and mentally active, uh, blood pressure, and diet. So in fact, the 2020 recommendations of the Lancet Commission suggest that addressing modifiable risk factors might prevent or delay up to 40% of dementia cases. That's a pretty substantial wow. amount. Yeah. yeah. So a 2022 study found that nearly 37% of cases of Alzheimer's and other dementias in the United States were associated with eight modifiable risk factors, the top being midlife obesity, followed by physical inactivity and low education attainment. So a healthy lifestyle can really make a big difference in the prevention of the de- and the development of dementia. So here are some lifestyle habits that should be considered when thinking about brain health and longevity. Okay. So the first modifiable risk factor is quit smoking. So quitting Mm -hmm. smoking improves your health, not only just your brain, but a lot of different things. It helps reduce your risk of heart disease, cancer, lung disease, and other smoking-related illnesses like emphysema and uh, just lung disease in general. So smokers have been found to have have a thinner cerebral cortex than non-smokers. So in other words, smoking destroys the gray matter in the brain of smokers. So this is important because the cerebral cortex is part of the brain that is crucial for thinking skill, for the thinking skills, including memory and learning. So the thicker is the better. So if you are smoking and need to quit, here's a free quit line. It's one 800 Quit now or 1-800-784-8669. So another um, risk factor to take into consideration is preventing and managing your high blood pressure. So tens of millions of adults in the United States have high blood pressure, and many do not have it under control. So when your heart is pumping blood throughout your body, the blood is putting pressure against the walls of the arteries. These arteries carry blood throughout the whole body, including your brain. So if you have high blood pressure the heart is having a harder time pushing that blood throughout your body, especially to the brain. So lack of blood means lack of oxygen and the lack of proper nutrients, leading to potential dying brain cells. So cardiovascular health is really important to have to prevent dementia and keep that high high blood pressure down. Another factor that kind of correlates with it is managing and preventing high cholesterol. So nearly one in three American adults have high cholesterol. That's a pretty substantial amount. Yeah. So lowering your cholesterol helps to improve, again, blood, throw throughout, blood flow throughout the body, again, up to the brain. So cholesterol builds up in our arteries and can restrict blood flow to wherever it needs to go. Then if there's enough buildup, it can completely block that artery, not allowing any blood to go through at all, then restricting oxygen and other nutrients, causing those tissues and cells to die. These types of uh, blockages are what cause major health events such as a heart attack and stroke. So another factor is maintaining a healthy weight. Healthy weight isn't about short-term dietary changes. Instead, it's about lifestyle that includes healthy eating and regular physical activity. Having a healthy weight puts less strain and hardship on your heart, joints, lungs, and other organs. So physical activity can help to maintain a healthy weight and help with better blood flow throughout your body, along with having a healthy diet with lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean proteins, which helps to get proper nutrients for cell growth and development. So new cell development will help with greater cognitive function in your brain. So getting enough sleep as well helps to improve your cognitive function as well. So a third of American adults report that they usually get less sleep than the recommended amount, which is about seven to nine hours of 
um, adequate sleep or quality sleep. So adequate sleep helps your body to fully recover from the previous day's activities and stressors. So you need that full recovery to help cells to regenerate and recover properly for clear cognitive ability. The next one is staying engaged. So there are many ways for older adults to get involved in their local community. Um, You can get involved with various community groups to be more social and and continue to develop relationships and be able to communicate with individuals along with reducing anxiety and depression. You also want to educate yourself, which will help to reduce the risk of cognitive decline. You can educate yourself not only on Alzheimer's, but how to combat symptoms, um, you know, on not only how to combat systems, but also on other things in life as well. So learning new things stimulates that part of the brain Alzheimer's disease can affect. So keeping it engaged and trying to learn new things will help slow down the dementia process. So stump yourself with, you know, challenging your mind. Play mind games. You can, you can do puzzles. You can do painting, building pieces of furniture or artwork can, again, help stimulate brain cells in the part of the brain of the learning. So another factor that everyone should really be aware about is managing your blood sugar. And a lot of people kind of forget this one. So if you are one that has troubles with their blood sugar or who has diabetes, managing your blood sugars will help with better blood flow and cognitive improvement. So when blood sugars are high in your body, those sugars are trying to get into cells in your body. And if they can't, they start attacking and destroying them because they want to get in and try and be utilized. So some of the biggest things it starts attacking is your organs, such as your heart, lungs, brain, and et cetera. So high, plus your high blood sugars make your blood thicker, so it's harder to circulate throughout your body, causing lack of nutrients and water to get to your cells for growth and regeneration. So then along with that, if you drink alcohol, do so in moderation, okay? So mm-hmm. alcohol is mo- in moderation is fine, but if you want, you want to be careful of how much you consume. So alcohol, alcohol really has no nutritional value except for excess sugars, and it can affect your blood sugar, overall blood sugar and health. Um, alcohol is also a depressant and could cause, you know, different cognitive yeah. impairments, which can cause, you know, how the brain cells develop and uh, how they transfer information. Mm-hmm. Um, so fluids such as water are going to be way more beneficial for you overall. So water helps to transport and thin your blood out slightly so that nutrients can be transported throughout your body. Our bodies are made of a lot of water and yeah. we need it for survival. So our whole body consists of 70% of water and our brains consist of 73% of water. So it is very important that we are getting enough water to keep up with our needs and can, you know, can, restricting how much other sugary drinks or alcoholic drinks that we consume. So the last modifiable factor or lifestyle factor that I don't think a lot of people always think about is personal safety. So traumatic brain injuries can also contribute to the development of Alzheimer's disease in the long run. So like major concussions might not seem like a big deal, but in the long run, it can really put substantial injury to the brain from swelling and trauma, which can kill brain cells in the learning uh, portion of it. So other major brain injuries from like car, motorcycle, or ATV accidents, again, can contribute to brain cells being damaged from swelling or bleeds. So protecting yourself by wearing helmets or safety gear is important along with following appropriate protocols when any type of concussion happens. Okay? Yeah. So don't take that lightly. It's really key that you're keeping 
uh, your brain healthy in the long run because it can, you know, cause some cognitive decline. I am a little fearful of my husband because he's had many, <laughs> too many, many concussions. He's had, he's had a like, lot of concussions from, yeah. So it, he's, he's a little nervous too, because there has been studies that have shown that over time, over time, there is some cognitive decline. So he's taking steps right now to try and help with that way taking supplements and just doing different things. Was this from like sports and school? Yeah, and sports. Yeah, playing uh, mostly yeah. from wrestling. He would, you know, yep. bash heads and you all know. that. I so, feel yeah. like there is a huge amount of that has been in the last few years, like in the news and mm-hmm. the media in various yeah. studies where they're kind of realizing like that these teenagers have been playing extremely high contact sports, mm-hmm. high school football, mm-hmm. wrestling and stuff. And they've accumulated a list of concussions mm-hmm. like that. And that is scary. Yeah. Well, and you've also, you know, you've heard a little bit more about, you know, NFL players, yeah. NBA players that True. all of a sudden have this huge cognitive decline or yeah. they've unfortunately committed suicide because of yeah, all right. these, you know, they just had so much They're, traumatic brain injuries yeah. that it's just changed them so much. So really taking into personal safety, if you can prevent these, these head injuries, you really should try and do so by protecting yourself. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about where it comes from, who can be mm-hmm. affected, or at least where we suspect, you know, yeah. that it can come from. But some of the symptoms of Alzheimer's, and I think this is kind of, um, these are the things that kick people into starting research. Right, right. You know, um, Alzheimer's disease, like we have mentioned a couple of times, it's not a normal part of aging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, memory loss as you age isn't normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens, but... It's not always Alzheimer's disease. Right, yeah, right. Like some people think. I mean, it's just, a no- it can be a normal part of, because our bodies... Are they, aging. They're aging. They, mm-hmm. they will start, the cells will start dying. I mean, that's just part of life, Of that process. Yeah, that process. So, but not saying that Alzheimer's is overall going to be the... Every single yeah, time, exactly. yeah. You hit X age. Yeah, exactly. This is the culprit. Yeah. But... Memory problems are typically one of the very first warning signs of Alzheimer's disease and related mm-hmm. dementia. And I think they're noticeable because yeah. people notice a distinct change. Yeah, you for know, sure. mm-hmm. um, Just like the rest of our bodies, our brains are changing along you know, with the aging process. So most of us will eventually notice like slow thinking, occasional problems with remembering certain things. Again, occasional. Mm-hmm. Um. However, when you're talking about serious memory loss, confusion, other major changes in the way that our minds work mm-hmm. are a sign that the brain cells are failing. Right. So the most common early symptoms of Alzheimer's is difficulty remembering newly learned information. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think everybody has maybe run into, if it's been in your life at some point, you know, this person might be able to talk about something they experienced as a teenager mm-hmm. or a 20-something yeah. person, but Apparently, really yeah. has no short-term yeah. memory recollection. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to these memory problems, someone with Alzheimer's disease may experience some of these other things too, like mm-hmm. memory loss that disrupts their daily life, like getting lost. Yeah. Um, Especially in a familiar place mm-hmm. where they, it's surprising to your family that this person's finding themselves lost right, here, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of repeating questions. Um, another one is trouble handling money mm-hmm. and paying bills. Kind of like your daily activities you've been exactly. doing. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like it's um, 
again, these are noticeable things mm-hmm. where this this individual that's afflicted is just can't wrap their mind around these yeah. Yeah. types of uh, money handling, paying in, paying out. What's come, you know, that's right, hard to right. keep your mind focused on. Yeah. Um, difficulty completing familiar tasks at home is another one, mm-hmm. or even at work, or like at leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is decreased or poor judgment, or just being disoriented. Mm-hmm. Um, also, misplacing things and being unable to retrace your steps to find them. Yeah. Um, also, changes in mood or personality or behavior. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of hit this again, and there's a couple of things here that we didn't touch on just before, but mm-hmm. here are the 10 big warning signs of Alzheimer's disease. These are things that you want to look out for. Yeah. So the first one is memory loss that disrupts daily life. So you're forgetting events, repeating yourself, or relying more on an aid to help you remember, like a sticky note yeah. or yeah. something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, challenges in planning or solving problems is the second one. So mm-hmm. having trouble paying your bills or cooking, like recipes that you have cooked for ages. Yeah. You know, these are things that, like, you have known right, for, for years. quite some time yeah. and is now a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, difficulty completing familiar tasks at home, at work, or at leisure. So, like, having problems with the cooking. Again, driving places. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest scary one. Oh, my gosh, for sure. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, Using a cell phone, shopping, all mm-hmm. of those things just become a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, confusion with time or place. So kind of having trouble understanding that an event is happening later mm-hmm. or you're losing track of these dates, mm-hmm. um, another sign. So number five, trouble understanding visual images and spatial relations. So having more challenges, difficulty with balance or like judging the distance between things tripping over things at home spilling dropping things all all issues there um number six new problems with words and speaking or writing so having trouble following or joining a conversation or struggling to find a word that you're looking for Mm -hmm. um it's like you you might hear someone say oh you know like that thing that's on your wrist that Mm. tells you the time uh watch watch." right so number seven Misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps. So you put your car keys in the washer or dryer, hmm. which can't get back to where yeah. you came from. You're not really sure. That information is just lost. Yeah. Um, number eight, decreased poor judgment. Decreased or poor judgment. So a lot of times, and this is just so terribly sad in addition <laughs> to all of these things, but falling victim to a scam. Yeah, and I, I just... I mean, that happens to even just a lot of older folks that don't have yes. dementia problems. Right, right. But that's a big one, yeah. And there are people preying on these populations yeah. of people and, and counting on these symptoms, yeah. having some onset in someone's life. So right, right. Um, not managing your money well or paying less attention to hygiene mm. or having trouble, like, taking care of a pet. Mm-hmm. You know, those are mm-hmm. things that um, decrease as well. So number yeah. nine is withdrawing from work or social activities. So you don't want to go to church anymore. You don't want to go to work. You don't yeah. want to do the things that you normally want to do. You're not being able to follow, like, the football game or keep up with what's happening. It's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, is a big one. Um, number 10 are changes in mood and personality. Another really difficult one. All of these are hard. All yeah. of these are challenges. These are all really difficult when this happens inside your family. Yeah. Um, but the changes in mood and personality are um a huge throw off you know i think this is a point where people are like whoa this is um, not normal yes you're getting very upset yeah 
um, common situations or you're fearful or suspicious mm-hmm. and there's these traits that are coming up in situations that cause a lot of alarm. Yeah. You know? Sure. Yeah. And these are the things that these 10 things happen and then families go, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. something's really Something wrong. wrong. Yeah. And that's when people start finding Alzheimer's associations and groups and, and that's kind of the, right. the birth of the research for a lot of people, yeah, you know? For sure. Yeah. Um, I know I was going to talk about, and I know you have experience as well. My grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's disease and we could see change. She died when I was about 27, 28, about 10 years ago. And we started seeing changes when I was in high school. So about 10 years before that, you know, she started having difficulty understanding things like the, the word thing, like she couldn't find the word to something, you know, and you know, my grandpa was still alive. So they, you know, her and my, him and my dad kind of noticed, um, all that kind of changing, um, so then when my grandpa passed away unexpectedly, it started to really decline. And yeah. I think it was just kind of a traumatic thing. Obviously they've been right. married for so long. Um, she was just making, you know, poor judgments on various things. She was having trouble understanding things more again, the confusion of, you know, where she was at, yeah. you know, events, time, um, you know, she was still living at home at the time. And there was a fear that she might start driving somewhere and completely right. lose, you know, right. didn't know where she's going and get completely lost. Um, yeah. So there was kind of a fear. So um, unfortunately, she fell one day, you know, poor judgment, oh, and broke her hip um, yeah. and had to have major surgery and then eventually had to go to a rehab facility, which was kind of almost like a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Like I didn't want her to go through that pain of having that surgery and stuff, but it was kind of the point where it's like she was getting bad enough, like you couldn't leave her home alone. Right. So it was kind of almost a blessing in disguise where she had to go to a rehab facility and she just stayed there. Yeah. And knew a nursing home where she could get the care that she needed. So... Um, but eventually it just, she just started really declining. You know, we would go visit, you know, she wouldn't recognize you, you know, eventually you would try and just, you know, have a conversation and she would, you know, it would be yes or no. And then eventually she just was not verbal. Like she, she just stopped talking. She just just kind of look at you with a blank stare, you know, and it was, it was really hard. And I tried, you know, we tried as, you know, grandkids to not, yeah, get upset because you know it's not their fault. You know right. they're not. You know you have such a loving person you grew up with, which was hard. Um, and then all of a sudden you, they're completely different. So I, you knew it was really were really bad. Where you know, like my dad would go see her every day, her sister would go see her every day, and then she wouldn't even recognize them. Right. You know, and she's been with them for years and oh, years and years. And time. and the thing too, like she would she would remember you know not new things but long term things. Like, she would remember my grandpa, like, when they were young and tell stories about that, but she couldn't remember what she did last night, you know? So, things like that. So, you know, eventually, it's it's a really hard disease to see, but I think, you know, just really understanding, you know, the symptoms. Yeah. um, Early on, you can can help those people, you know, individuals to get better treatment. Right. You know, all that. So, I know you've had a little bit of experience as well with a family member kind of, but maybe a little bit different. Yes. Cause they're going through it currently. Yeah. You yeah. know, and she's just been diagnosed within the last couple of months. Okay. So my mm-hmm. mom and her two sisters are trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the best care for her. Right. And it's just kind of beginning, you know, the process right, of right. like learning and understanding maybe what like her new behaviors are going to be. Mm hmm what everyone's capable of, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of sorting it out. Mm -hmm. So it's new, you know. Right. Um, And they are at home. And it is, you know, my 
both my grandma and grandpa and they're in their 90s you know so it's um everything about it you know you immediately all you do is worry I feel Mm -hmm. like you know it's just like oh my gosh I'm constantly worried right Mm -hmm. and I think that once those discussions come up it starts where it's like huh okay well appointments are you know like don't you remember that we were going to do da-da-da-da-da? And it's like, no, they do not, you know? Um, Those sort of things started popping up and coming up, and they've been together for, like, 70-some-odd years, you know? And so he's like, ah, she's fine. (laughs) You know? Right. It's just kind of like I can only imagine from their perspective Mm -hmm. what it must be like Mm -hmm. to experience. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, The Alzheimer's Association does have a lot of really good resources for – these like early things where you're going, okay, something's up. Am I imagining this or is this real? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. They have like a 10 step approach mm-hmm. to memory concerns. So okay. like, what do you do when yeah. you notice these changes in someone? Right, so, right. Um, and I'll just real quick kind of go over some mm-hmm. of these things. Cause it is helpful. Oh, it's, for sure. it's hard to actually be like, no, I I'm certain this is yeah, right. Um, so essentially it's like, we need to assess, Mm -hmm. you know, assess the situation. Number one, what changes in the memory or thinking behavior are you actually seeing? Mm -hmm. What are they doing or what are they not doing? Mm -hmm. What's out of the ordinary? What is making you feel concerned? Yeah. Um, like what else could be going on? Is this actually what's happening? Is this a form of dementia? Mm -hmm. You know, various conditions can cause changes in memory. So like thinking and behavior, these can all be other things. Mm -hmm lifestyle changes medication yeah you know that's a big one there's like, side effects with that. right you hit a certain age and then you know you've got a several maybe little specialists and now you're taking all these medications mm-hmm. and nobody's really like assessed your medications mm-hmm. recently and you're in a stupor almost from like oh well you shouldn't be doing right. this and that together or these doses are right you know so maybe it is something else mm-hmm. um urinary tract infections diabetes depression like these things can cause some cognitive cognitive oh, yeah. function even, issues. Even major stress, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it can really hurt your hit your big brain time. development for sure. And so uh, learning about the signs of Alzheimer's and other dementias and the benefits are the benefits of early diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in any scenario, if you get the earlier that you get diagnosed, the better, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Um, also... Has anybody else noticed the changes? Mm, so, like, right. family, friends, like, what have they seen? What have they noticed? Because a lot of times there's a much more information in these other people in the person's life, right, you know? exactly, yeah. Having a conversation. The second part to figuring out your assessment is you're going to have to talk, you know? Um, Don't be fearful of it. Right, right. You know, who should have the conversation? Mm-hmm. Who's going to discuss the concerns? Mm-hmm. I would say primary that's big yep who's actually gonna be the one right that says hey here's situation it could be you could be your siblings it could even be just someone they trust mm-hmm. <clears throat> someone who's with them all the time yeah um also what's the best time what's the best place where should you be where are they comfortable um and what are you gonna say mm-hmm. you know right what are you gonna say like you could try some of these things. Some of the suggestions that they have on the sheet are like, hey, I've noticed, and then you could name the change. You know, I've noticed a change in you, and I'm just really worried. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed it? Yeah. Are you worried? Like, how do you feel? Right. It's kind of an open-ended questioning, 
you know yeah for sure where you can see what they're thinking because it's I know in in our family situation this is the most difficult part is the actual recognition there's something up yeah you know it was hard for us too yeah yeah you know like well how you been feeling lately you haven't seemed like yourself or I've noticed you you know, whatever the case, forgetful or even the falling, and it's worrisome to me. Mm-hmm. Has anything else happened? So, I mean, it's not easy to ask. No. But it's important, too. Yeah. It's important to get it out there. Yeah. Um, and then you can offer support to this person by offering to go with them, provide the information, and be supported with them at the doctor. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, if you go to see the doctor... And you're there. I think this is a really helpful start in yeah. getting those things sorted out because when this affects your family, there's going to just be a lot mm-hmm. to it learn, yeah. a lot to learn and pass on to others. So it's yeah. a big responsibility. Oh, but for sure. Um, and if needed, have the talk again, you know? Have the conversation multiple times. Well, it's the thing. If they don't feel comfortable doing it that time, you know, maybe in Try a week again. or so, you know, they might have a different perspective of it. Yeah. Especially if you bring it up, they might think about it a little bit more themselves. Right. You know, I'm like, well, maybe I have uh, seen changes. And yeah, maybe I need to rethink, you know, so it's not a conversation you'd have just once. No, for sure. I agree. And reaching out to help to the Alzheimer's Association for information and support can be really mm-hmm. helpful, too. There is a Springfield chapter. Yes, yes, So for sure. they could help, too. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Alzheimer's does worsen over time, and it, it is a progressive disease where dementia, system, dementia symptoms gradually worsen over a number of years. Um, it doesn't mean that the death sentence right away. Many people live with Alzheimer's for a long, long time. So in, in the early stages, you know, memory mo- loss is mild, but with late-stage Alzheimer's, like we talked about, individuals lose kind of their ability to have a conversation or respond to, uh, respond to their environment. So on average, a person with Alzheimer's lives too Lives for about 48 years after diagnosis, but some can live as long as 20 years, depending on other factors, especially if they're relatively healthy otherwise um, and have a good, healthy lifestyle. So what should you do if you suspect Alzheimer's disease? You know, Hillary had a good conversation about, you know, some of the things with conversations and stuff. But the biggest thing, if you think you suspect Alzheimer's in yourself or a, a loved one, Getting checked out by your healthcare provider is will help determine if the symptoms you are experiencing are related to Alzheimer's disease or something else. Um, there are more treatable conditions such as you know vitamin deficiency or side effects from medication, like Hillary mentioned earlier, that can you know help change cognitive um, behavior there. But if you suspect that you or a loved one is developing Alzheimer's disease, there are many experts out there, so you might, it might not be your primary physician, but you might have to get referred to a more um, specialized person to have a more definite diagnos- diagnosis um, yeah. followed by a treatment plan. So early and accurate diagnosis also provides, you know, opportunities for you and your family to consider, you know, financial planning, developing advanced directives, you know, enroll in clinical trials, and then anticipate, you know, care needs. So there are different ways that Alzheimer's disease is treated. Um, Medical management can improve the quality of life for individuals um, and for their caregivers. There is no cure for Alzheimer's disease, but treatment addresses several areas, such as helping people maintain their brain health, managing behavioral symptoms, and then slowing or delaying symptoms of the disease. So treatments such as certain medications have been approved (coughs) 
for individuals with Alzheimer's disease to help with symptoms such as behavioral changes, sleep changes, memory, or thinking. So the first line of therapy that has been FDA approved is called Anduhelm. <laughs> Anduhelm, sorry. Anduhelm. There's a big word before that. Anduhelm, which works as removing those beta amyloid plaques, um, one of the hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease from the brain, which reduces the cognitive and functional decline of people with living with Alzheimer's. So again, this is not a cure, but Anduhelm addresses the underlying biology of the disease. So according to the FDA, Anduhelm produces, or reduces the beta amyloid plaques, which is, is reasonably likely to lead to the reduction in clinical decline due to Alzheimer's. So this could mean more time for individuals to actively participate in daily life. They have sustained independence and hold on to those memories longer. That's good. Yeah, so another treatment, the second line that's approved is called Lakembi. Um, this, again, kind of addresses the underlying biology of Alzheimer's and changes the course of the disease in a meaningful way for people with earlier stages of, of Alzheimer's. So it's not so much the later set, it's like the earlier stages. Um, this works similar to the Andohelm, which is addressing the underlying um, biology and changes the course of the disease, disease in a meaningful way for people in the early stages. So Lakembi is more appropriate for people, again, with the early Alzheimer's, which with confirmation of the elevated, uh, again, the beta amyloid plaque. Um, the treatment was studied in people living with early Alzheimer's dementia and a mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's, which showed that evidence of buildup plaque um, in the brain. So both treatments are FDA approved, um, and of course, for along with other medications to, for the side effects, um, they all have side effects, so talking to your doctor is key when discussing these treatments. But both of these drugs are administered intravenously or with an IV every two to four weeks, um, which takes about 45 to 60 minutes and can be done in a hospital or in a fusion therapy okay. clinic. But both these medications are given via IV in order for the medication to reach the brain more effectively because wow. obviously it's got to get in the bloodstream. Yeah. It can reach the, the brain a little bit better. So there are treatments with medications, um, that can be done to kind of help with, with Alzheimer's disease. So if you are in need of finding additional resources about Alzheimer's disease, dementia, other forms of dementia, such as Alzheimer's, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, does have a lot of really good information about that. Yeah, they do. It's pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I would say you could find a lot of information out. Mm -hmm. um, the Alzheimer's Association is also pretty big. Mm -hmm. They do have, like, actual physical chapters. Yes. So you can call someone. They do have a chapter in Springfield. Right. So yeah. um, that's really helpful, too. I mean, sometimes... Mm -hmm. The internet isn't for everybody, and sometimes yeah. you just want to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. You might have a story. You might have an experience you know, mm -hmm. that you're living, and you just need another person to say, I have something for you, right. you know? Right. Um, so I think it's really beneficial in that way to make sure that those resources are shared. Yeah, absolutely. So that is all we have for you today about Alzheimer's disease. So we hope this HealthCast has been informative and helpful to our listeners. We bring information to you to educate and enlighten the public on the importance of various health concerns and topics that would be beneficial to the improvement of health and well-being for the community. Funding for this podcast was provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Public Health Office of Women's Health. The Cass County HealthCast is a project of the Cass County Health Department in Cass County, Illinois. Information on this podcast was material to inform listeners of health topics that would be resourceful for their health and well-being. 
The information given in today's podcast or healthcast is not the personal opinions or views of those speaking and is information gathered and distributed for the sole purpose of health education and promotion. If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic, please call the Cass County Health Department at 217-452-3057 and ask for Louise or Hillary. We are also on social media. We are on Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can check us out there, or also you can check out our website at cascohealth.org. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, stay well.